Welcome to The Way Church Service with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you, Jesus, right? Welcome to the Way Church Service. I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight to get get a portion of God's Word. Amen. First and foremost, I'd like to thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for making all this possible for us by becoming obedient unto death, by going to the cross, shedding His blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and becoming the final sacrifice for our sins so we can have a new life, eternal life spiritual life, and a purpose here on planet Earth. For all who believe in the one and only Son of God, we gather here to learn about our Creator and find our purpose here and use it to glorify God and to serve our Lord and Savior and one another. Our goal, this ministry has a specific goal, and that is to grow spiritually, amen, and start to handle life God's way, not our way. God's Word, which is the Bible, becomes the owner's manual to our lives. And we use it to see how God wants us to live, think, act, serve, and how to treat others. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Each part of his body is very precious to God. I want to personally welcome each and every one of you to the way church service. We depend on God's grace, not our own power, to accomplish his will for our lives. And if you have a cell phone, can you please silence it so it doesn't disturb tonight's study? And we'll start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly, merciful, gracious Father, thank you for allowing us this awesome opportunity tonight, Lord, to gather together as your family, to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord, and to place your name above all names, Lord, even our own, as you fight to become first in our lives, Lord. Thank you for all your generous provisions that you provide each and every day for us, Lord, to meet all our needs. All glory and honor goes to you, Lord. Thank you for the ministry you've given us, Lord, and the people here who serve so faithfully, Lord. Thank you for each and every one of us. Let us lean on one another, Lord, for strength and comfort as we go through trials and tribulations here in this life, Lord, as we grow in understanding of you and how you work, Lord. We put a special prayer out there for our sister Robin tonight, Lord, that you put your healing hands upon her life, Lord. Let her know that you're with her. You're never going to leave her nor forsake her, Lord, and that you're going to work with the doctors to heal her completely and restore us back to wholeness again, Lord, so she can be with us soon again, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. We're putting our faith and trust in you, and we're grateful for everyone here, Lord. And let everything we do tonight be led by your spirit and not our flesh, and it's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. All right, we're going to stand and sing a song, and we'll get started with tonight's service. page 47, last page in the book.
Thanks, Brett. That was great. How's everybody doing tonight, okay? Yeah. It's really good to see everybody. It always brings peace to my heart and joy to my heart to gather with God's people as we learn His Word. Um, keep everybody in prayer that we all stay healthy and well and God continues to work in our lives to heal us and change us through all these trials. He's refining us. Amen? Once we understand his ways, we can understand why he does what he does so we don't lose heart. It's really good to see everybody. We've got a great scripture up there, Joshua 24. Let's go there tonight. We'll start there. What a beautiful day today, huh? Oh, it's just gorgeous. Tomorrow, too, it's going to be beautiful. First day of spring, too. Right? Seems like it's been a long, cold winter, I'll tell you. You get some of this and you get, it kind of brings life back into you, you know. Thank God for the seasons, right? The seasons, uh, I like New England and I like the seasons he puts us through in our lives too. He knows exactly when to do it, when to take them, when to bless us, when to put us through trials. He's always refining us and working on us, amen? amen? Thank you, Jesus, for never giving up on us. Even though we tend to give up on him at times. Even if we're unfaithful, he remains faithful because he can't deny who he is. Amen? Yeah. All right. We're finite. He's infinite. All right. I want us to back up to verse 14. Verse 14. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites? in whose land you now live. So one, we have to understand one thing. It's always a choice whether we want to serve God and fulfill His purpose in our life. He never takes away our free will choice. Amen? So we have to understand we have to make a choice to serve Him. And He says, But for, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. That's your choice each and every believer has to make. Who you'd want to serve. The people replied, We would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. Boy, that didn't hold true very long, did it? 
Boy, never say never, they say, right? For the Lord our God is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. So it's the Lord our God that took us out of the world and put us in Christ. Egypt is a type of the world. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes, and he continues to perform many miracles. As we traveled through the wilderness among our enemies, he preserved us. And he's preserving us right now too. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too will serve the Lord for he is alone. For he alone is our God. Then Joshua warned the people, You are not able to serve the Lord for he is a holy and jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you abandon the Lord and serve other gods, he will turn against you and destroy you, even though he has been so good to you. So God loves us. Okay, we understand that, right? Unconditionally. But we have a choice whether we want to turn from him and obey him or turn away from him. And he says that we'll certainly be destroyed. So once you become a believer... You cannot become an unbeliever. In other words, like once you're in his family, you're in it forever. And he's perfecting us. And we're going to talk about that tonight. His very character and how he works. We have him the moment we believe. But it's up to us to get to know him and how he operates so we don't walk away from him and start to serve other gods, which is the systems of the world. And turn from him if we don't know how he works Many Christians turn from the Lord when adversities and problems come, not understanding how he works or his character by being ignorant of his word. Amen? One thing here we tell you day in and day out to read the Bible. Because each story in the Bible shows how God works in his character through the situations and circumstances in life. So that's why it's important for us to read it. So when times come of trouble and adversity... We know that it was God and how we worked us through it. Amen. Through the people he helped in the Bible. That's why it's so important that we understand the Bible and read the Bible. Can I get an amen for that? And you know how strict I am with that here, right? It's not me. It's the word of God that has power. Amen. I'm just a servant that gets the word out there to help you understand it better. So you can have your own relationship with him. This is family worship. Then there's another worship. We personal walk with him through his word, reading his word in your daily life. Amen? So there's two ways of doing it. Alright, now I have a scripture for us. Go to Philippians chapter 3. God wrote this something I had to share with you and I'm gonna. He's perfecting us. <clears throat> and there's a lot of ways he does that. How he perfects us. And the Apostle Paul's trying to tell us in Philippians chapter 3 how priceless it is of knowing Christ. Having Him is one thing, but it's priceless to understand who He is and to know Him personally. Amen? <clears throat> Alright. I'm going to explain three stages of perfection, and we're going to get into our study about understanding His character. Alright, verse 1, Philippians chapter 3. Is everybody there? Alright, the Lord's taking over now. Just pay attention and stay focused. We'll get a great message tonight, amen? I've been looking forward to this. God is good. Alright. Philippians 3. The priceless value of knowing Christ. The Apostle Paul is going to tell us 
how important it is and how priceless it is to know him over all the other things that he learned about. Look at verse 1. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. So, you know, he says, whatever happens, always rejoice in the Lord. And it's our faith is what saves us, not our works or our abilities and talents. Now, look what it says in verse 2. Watch out for those dogs. He calls them dogs. Those people who do evil. Those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved or to practice some kind of religion to get saved or some kind of religious works or performance. For we who worship by the Spirit of God, which is the Word of God, are the ones who are truly circumcised or saved. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. And now this is a process of, when we're in the world, it's always in performance and human effort. When we come into Christianity, we think that we have to perform for God too. By, oh, i got to come to church faithfully, i got to give faithfully, and I do all of things. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But we don't do that to get saved, we do it because we are. Those are the fruits of our salvation. And we do it because we want to do it, not because we have to. Amen? We have to understand that. We don't do that to get closer to God. The moment you believe in Jesus, we are perfect in His sight. He sees us like He sees Jesus. Now we're going to talk about three stages of perfection, but we're going to keep reading here for us. It says, we rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Well, now here He is. Now He says, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts... I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. He's going by outward performance. Now look what he's saying. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church and as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Sounds like he's bragging, isn't it? Now, listen to what he's saying here, though. I once thought these things were valuable. See, before he knew Jesus, he thought that was the way to get to God. He thought that was, the value, was valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. You see what he's saying? He's saying everything else is worthless compared to knowing Christ. Having him is a one-time event, but getting to know him is a lifelong process. Now look what it says. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. So that I could gain Christ. He's saying all his religious activity, all that he learned from the world, he counted all his garbage compared to knowing Jesus. And look what it says. So I could gain Christ. He's saying all that other stuff is what keeps us from gaining Christ. All those religious activities and all them performance activities. 
and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on our faith. Amen? How do we get right with God? Believing in Jesus Christ. That makes us perfect with him. I want to know Christ. Listen to what he's saying here. I want to know Christ. And he also doesn't want to know, only want to know. He wants to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. What was he trying to say there? He was saying he wanted to know Jesus in such a way, and he wanted to experience the death of his sin nature. He wanted to experience that now. Look what he's saying. I wanted to experience that suffering of him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I can experience the resurrection. What's the resurrection? The new life in Christ. The transformed human being through knowing Jesus Christ. Amen? And the only way we're going to get that is learning his character and knowing how he operates so we can become like him. Amen? We don't get it by putting money in the basket, coming to church, or even what we're doing now. We get that by what? Experience and a relationship with Him when we're not here. We get equipped here so we can have that personal relationship when we're not. And it's so important that we read the Bible and understand His character so we can get like that. Amen? So we can get perfected. Okay, now I'm going to talk about three stages of perfection just so we understand it better, okay? Okay. <clears throat> the first stage is our perfect relationship, which is said in Philippians 3.1, is our position with God. We are perfect because of our eternal union with the infinitely perfect Christ. Okay, and amen for that. When we become his children, okay, we are declared not guilty. When we become his children, he sees each and every one of us like he sees Jesus. Our sins are all washed away. He sees us perfect. Thank you, Jesus. That's how he sees us. That's our position the moment we believe. And that can never be improved on or taken away from us. Amen? Now, just stay with me here. We are declared not guilty and thus righteous because of what Christ of what Christ, God's beloved Son, has done for us. It's not what we do for Him, it's what Jesus done for us. We have to understand that part of our perfection, okay? This perfection is absolute and unchangeable. You cannot, that cannot be changed. The moment you believe, you cannot unchange that. Thank you, Jesus. Our performance, our sin nature, our failures, can't take us out of that. It's a one-time event, and it's permanent. Can I get an amen for that? A lot of us understand that you think you can lose it. By what? Starting to fall away from God, or starting to get discouraged, or losing our faith in Him. But you can't lose it. It's perfect. It's perfect. Our position before God is perfect because we believe in Jesus. Can I get an amen for that? That's the only reason why it is. It doesn't depend on our condition of our performance because all of us fail we understand that right did anybody not fail today was everybody just like a jesus today did everybody think like jesus act like jesus and talk like jesus today well then if it was dependent on that we'd all get kicked out thank god it's not but we can't confuse it now 
The next part of it is perfect progress. Okay? Now he's making perfect progress with us. And by the way, perfection in the Bible is maturity. He's maturing us. And that would be our condition. Now, our position is perfect, but our condition is changing. It's always changing. We're becoming either closer to Him, or our sin nature can bring us further away from Him and our condition with Him down here. Don't forget, don't mistake it from this. This is perfect. This changes. We can grow and mature spiritually as we continue to trust Christ. Okay? Learn more about Him. Draw closer to Him and obey Him. Okay? Our progress is changeable in, in contrast to our relationship above because it depends on our daily walk. Okay? The position is locked in, but our condition is changeable dependent on our daily walk. As a matter of fact, we read the daily walk Bible. And that, as a matter of fact, that daily walk Bible helps us improve in our daily walk with Him, doesn't it? Because we're getting to know Him better. Amen? Okay. So don't confuse our position with our condition, which many Christians do. Okay? Now listen. At times in life, we mature more than at other times. We have to understand that there's different seasons in our life. Okay? But we are growing toward perfection if we press on, like it says in Philippians 3.12. These good deeds do not perfect us. Okay? The good things that we do do not perfect us. Rather, as God perfects us, we do good deeds for Him because we want to. Amen? Not because we have to. See, once you understand our position and our condition, you do, I'm here tonight because I want to be here. This does not get me closer to Jesus by preaching. It doesn't get you any closer to God by you being here. You're already perfect in His sight. It gets you closer in your condition, in your walk with Him, as you follow and obey His Word. Amen? We have to understand that. Now, the third one is completely perfect, is when we arrive. And guess what? We don't arrive while we're down here. None of us arrive. He's constantly making changes in us until we do arrive when Christ returns to take us into his eternal kingdom. Can I get an amen for that? So we understand the three things. We will be glorified and made completely perfect at that time. And when we look at Philippians 3, 20 to 21, all phases of perfection are grounded in faith in Christ and what he has done. Not what we can do for him. Can I get an amen for that? How, why do I got to keep reminding us of that? Because the world is always based on performance. So you keep coming to church thinking, if you didn't perform well, God's not happy with me. So we have to keep reassuring that that's not the reason why we're saved. We're saved because we believe in Jesus. He did for us what we could never do for ourselves. This way here, we don't have to always fight and be full of what? Uneasiness and not knowing if we're going to home to be with Him. All I know is this. I believe Jesus is the Son of God who died for my sins. I'm going to heaven. Heaven is my home because I believe that. And because I believe that, now He's perfecting me. My condition down here is starting to change. I'm starting to favor the things of God over the things of the world because something happened to me. There's a transformation taking progress processing me that I'm no longer valuing the things of the world like I value knowing Jesus. 
And this is a slow process. As he takes away the things of the world and puts the things of the word into our hearts. But that has to get learned. Those, these are learned things. We have to learn how to be like him. We have to obey his word and trust what he says in his word. Can I get an amen for that? Okay, so now we understand that, right? How many of us always think that I have to be a good boy or girl to God to be happy with me? That's because of the religious systems that we've been ingrained in us all these years. That's not how we make him happy. We make him happy by believing in his son, trusting in him, and becoming like him in our daily walk. We do it because we want to, not because we have to. And guess what? The benefit is a lot better to do things his way than our way once we're born into his family. Because once we're born into his family, the ways of the world just doesn't work anymore. The transformation takes place and the ways of the world does not satisfy us like the ways of the word does. I don't know about you, but when I got sick, I wasn't dependent on the world. They couldn't fix me. I was dependent on the prayers. People were praying for me. I was getting better. That was the only thing. It was a miracle. And all of us are miracles. We're still alive today because of God. He's the one who gives it. He's the one who takes it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Because I understand his character. Other than that, as a pastor, I can say, look, why did I get this? Here I am serving him. I'm doing all the right things. And how could I get sick? Not understanding that God didn't promise me that I was going to have a, a carefree life and everything was going to be perfect. As a matter of fact, he said in the Bible that I have to suffer for his name's sake. So that's what I understood. So that's why I didn't walk away from him. But if a Christian don't understand that, they think, oh, I've been going to church, but put money in the bag, I've been serving him for years. Why would this happen to me? Why would you do this to me, God? That's ignorance of the word of God. Because all they've been doing is outward stuff. Not really learning his character. Which is what we're doing here, is learning his character. Can I get an amen? And that's how important it is. So we don't walk away from him. Okay? All phases of perfection are grounded in faith in Christ and what he has done, not what we can do for him. We cannot perfect ourselves. Only God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus returns. And that's Philippians 1 verse 6. So, just like, you know it as well as I do, willpower. The world tells us willpower. You get up today, I'm going to be good. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to be good today for Jesus. Right then and there, you're going to fail. You say that I'm going to be good. There's nothing good that lives in me in my sin nature, the Bible says. So every time I try to do it that way, I fail. Right? If it be your will today, Lord, help me to become like you. You see? It's a whole different thing. I can't do it. That's why I needed a Savior. He did for me that I can't do it. I cannot perfect myself. How many of us try? I'm going to try to be not angry. I'm going to try to not hold resentments on people. I'm going to try not to be jealous. I'm not going to try to do this. I'm not going to be greedy. I'm not going to want more than my share. We all try to do it, right? And we can't. The more we try, the harder it is. The more it gains power on us. Yeah. 
But before, the more we give up to him, the more we succeed. Saying, Lord, help me to lose the desire for that. I don't want to be angry. I want to be loving and caring. Look, search inside me to find out what's making me an angry person. Pull it to the surface. Let me release it to you, Lord. Let me confess to you whatever's inside my heart so you can purify me. You ever get, you ever get angry sometimes and don't even know why? Well, there's something buried inside you that's inside you that's making you angry that you're not letting the light into. And until you do, it'll always be come back and make you angry. Does anybody get angry issues here? Well, it doesn't depend on anything else. Money, job, prestige, where you live. It has nothing to do with it. That's all inward stuff. We get angry when things don't go our way. How can we remove that? The only, way, the only one who can remove that is him. To be joyful in all things, the Bible says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. An attitude of gratitude is what gets rid of that. Being grateful. But we're very ungrateful. We live in America. We're very ungrateful. We complain about everything. I'll tell you what. When you get sick and you're on your deathbed, you start to be grateful that you can breathe. You start to be grateful for the things that are really important. Your church, your family. All the other material things mean nothing. They can't do anything for you or fix you. You start to let go of them things. And now I understand why God puts that in front of me. To what? Purify me of that. So I don't reach for that anymore. So I see what's more important. Each and every time these adversities come. Can I get an amen? That's why he does it. Now you can handle it two ways. You can get bitter. And walk away from God because you don't like the way he's doing it. Or you can get better and be submissive to his will and thank him for the cleansing process. Because we're all fall short of the glory of God, right? None of us are righteous. No, not one. The Bible says. All right, you with me so far? This is awesome, isn't it? God is so good. All right. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the amazing character of God. God's amazing character. And do you realize that the amazing character of God is given to each and every believer? We have the character of God. We have the righteousness of Christ living inside of us. But we also have the sin nature that blocks it. Can I get any of that? Okay. Nothing in this world, okay, can compare with God's love for us and His power in our lives. Some days we may not feel it, okay? Other days we might even think we've been let down or left on our own difficult situations. But the Bible speaks of God's many attributes or character. And verse after verse reminds us of His commitment and promises to His people. The attributes of God are those characteristics that help us understand who God is both eternally and for each and every one of us personally. Back in the Bible days, a person's name, okay, usually said something about that person's character or destiny. This is why the many names of God are vitally important to us for us to see and understand. Each name of God reveals something about his character. At the same time, God's names show us many different ways in which He is there to help us in our time of need. And again, amen for that. 
As time passed, okay, the people of God received more and more revelation about the nature of God. This process continues today as his people discover more of his character. Each of us individually has the ability to learn ever more about God and his nature as we read the Bible and walk through life. This is why it is so important to have a personal relationship with God, okay? The Father directly. Without that direct personal connection, we only learn about God without ever growing to actually know Him. Understand? We get to learn about Him, but until we apply it, do we actually learn about Him and grow with Him without ever growing? We can't, we, in other words, first we have to learn. We have to understand how He works, and then we apply it, and we walk in our personal life with Him. Amen? But first you have to understand it. That's why His character is so important for us to understand His ways, and through the Bible, and all the stories you read in the Bible, show how God's character operates. Through all literal and spiritual applications. Okay? By spending time in God's Word, we can, we can come to know Him in a far more personal and intimate way. Can I get an amen for that? Okay. We're going to start tonight. Principle. Whatever one it might be. whatever, Because I might overlap in a few because I put more together. Jehovah Shalom. Or Shalom. Okay? Jehovah Shalom means the God of peace. Okay? How many of us want peace in our lives? Especially in these trying times, right? I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of storms. But it's the peace of God that passes all understanding. What else, what else gives us peace? Listen now. The God of peace, we are meant to know the fullness of God's perfect peace. His shalom. God's peace surpasses understanding and sustains us through difficult times. It is the product of fully being what we were created to be. All right, let's go to Judges chapter 6. We just got through Judges, as a matter of fact. Now do you see why it's important to read the Bible from cover to cover? To understand God completely, it has to be read from Genesis to Revelation. Can I get an amen for that? That's the only way you'll ever really get an understanding of Him and how He works. And talk about Gideon. Verse 22. Judges chapter 6, verse 22. As I study this, I'm learning more on board his character myself. I'm saying, wow, I don't know how many times I've read the Bible, but I still don't understand God all the way. I still don't understand how he works. Amen? Look what it says in Judges chapter 6, verse 22. Because every time somebody in the Bible saw God, they thought they were going to die. I don't say, I can't see God face to face. Well, Gideon saw an angel. See, God always appears as an angel. If you notice in the Bible, God appeared as angels. As what's an angel? As a, as a man, as a human being. That's why when Jesus came, he was God in the flesh. Now look what it says, verse 22. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord face to face, no, he said, when, when he realized the angel of the Lord, he cried out, Oh, sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. 
See it? I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. He thought he was going to get snuffed out because he saw God. Look what it says in verse 23. It's all right, the Lord replied. Do not be afraid. You will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. The altar remains in Oprah in the land of the clan of Abiezer to this day. So you really see, understand, Gideon thought knew God through religion, not through a relationship. When the angel appeared to the Lord and he thought he was going to die, he had the wrong understanding of God. Okay? When he seen the angel face to face, look what he said. The Lord is peace. He thought there was an angry God of judgment. But no, our God is a God of peace. Amen? Now you say to yourself, well, why? how could there be peace and all these storms I'm going through? It's all in their perception. It's all in their perspective. He says, I'm not going to change what's going on. I'm going to change the way you see it. See, he gives us a new heart, but our mind has to get renewed to understand the way he does it. Once you understand the way he does it, you can have peace in any storm. Amen? That's why you're after him. He's the God of peace. So now when you go through a problem, say, my human, uh, my human flesh can't see any peace in this, but God said, the God that I worship is the God of peace. If I see it that way, I'm going to be okay. It's all in the way I see it. It's all in our perception. And it's all in knowing. God. Not just having Him, but knowing Him and how He works. Amen? Okay. Philippians 4. Everybody knows this one. This is the perfect. Listen, this perfect this scripture, I love this scripture. It's my one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Philippians 4, 6. Go there. Now, how many of us can honestly sit here and say that they don't worry? I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord, us being human still tend to worry. I don't know about you, but when I was sitting in the hospital sick, I was starting to worry. I couldn't breathe. So what the heck's going to happen to me here? I don't know. I started to worry. And then God, all of a sudden... Some peace came over me because I started to understand the ways of God. Because there was nothing else to be... Look, if I didn't know this, I'd be worried to death. But this gave me peace. But I'll tell you, my flesh, I'm human. How many... Look, give yourself a break. How many have been human? How many, how many consider and say they never worry about anything? We all have Jesus. Doesn't matter how long you've been walking with Him. We still have this flesh that doesn't really understand Him. Including myself. I can be real with you. I'm no better than you. The power is not in me. The power is in the words. Yeah. I don't have any power. Man, I was... Talk about... You know, you know it was good. I, I was in... I'll give you a little testimony. I was in Fatima. And I looked. And above the door, there was a cross. Okay? I'm saying, there's a cross. That was reminding me that God is with me. So that's why I ended up going there, because I don't know any other hospitals that do it, but there was a cross at Fatima in North Providence. I'm saying, I looked at it, and now everything going through my head, I looked at it and said, God's with me. No. 
You see? These are the signs. So you have to understand how God's work is kind of, He, I didn't see it till after. I looked. And I seen it. And it gave me some hope. You see, the cross always gives us hope. There's always hope with God. And see, and I start to understand that God, in the way He works, He works with the doctors. It's not just God alone saying, oh, I'm not going to go to the hospital. No. God tells me, I give you one body. I give you doctors to help you take care of it. Make sure you take care of yourself and go get checkups. And God works with the doctors to help us help us now. That's the way he operates in this day. Back then it might have been different, but this is how he operates today. He works together in harmony. Can I get an amen for that? There's people who say, well, I'm not going to the doctor. I'm just going to trust in Jesus. Well, then I wouldn't have breathed and I would have died if I did that. Because that's what they told me. They said, if you would have went home and you stayed sick like this, you would have went to sleep and never woke up. So that's why... God led me to go there. Amen. So you have to understand, people get so crazy with this religious stuff. No, God, look, Luke was a doctor in the Bible. There was doctors back then too. Okay? So don't get crazy and out of context with God. He sends us to the right people to help us. Amen. That's the wrong idea about God. They don't understand that we're not 2,000 years ago. It's, it's better now. We have hospitals and doctors and ways to help us. Thank you. All right, look at verse 6. But it works together. Our faith works with it in harmony. Look at verse 6. Philippians chapter 4. Don't worry about anything. Anything, it says right there. You see that? Don't worry about anything. Boy, that takes a level of maturity that I can only wish I had. I'm getting there though. You go through these trials. And you start not to worry anymore. Say you know what. He's the one who gives me breath and life. He's the one who can take it. Anyway it's a win win for a Christian. If he takes our breath. We go home to be with him. It's a win win for a Christian. If you understand him. But I'd rather still be here for a little while so I could be with my brothers and sisters and bring others into the kingdom. If I had my way, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, God, take me away today. Yeah, right. When you come on your last breath, you say, no, Lord, please help me. Everybody says that till the time comes. Yeah, right? All right look at verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. See it? And thank Him for all He has done. What is it saying? Tell God what your needs are and always bring back to memory all that He's already done for us. Okay? And He's done a lot for us. And look what it says. Then you will experience. See it? Not have. You will experience it in your life. God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart. Right? And your mind. Okay? Our heart. We have the heart of God, but our mind. Oh my goodness. Right? We need the peace of God in our minds. We already have it in our hearts, but we need it up here. My goodness. Thank God that we have the heart of God. Our position is perfect. We have His heart. But the Bible tells us our mind has to get renewed. I get an amen for that. Another double amen. And I'll tell you, we can understand his peace will guide your hearts and mind. And it says something after that, though. As you live in Christ Jesus, 
as you live in Christ Jesus is living by the ways of God, by obeying the word of God and practicing the principles of the Bible as we live in Christ Jesus. Not as we have him, as we live in it and do it and apply it. Amen? Okay, it doesn't work unless you apply it. It's a bunch of empty information until you use it. First we get the information, the information gets inside of us, causes a transformation, and then we start to apply it. But that takes time. How many of us can only say we're all arrived there? No, that takes time. Maturity takes time. Just like anything else, right? You plant a tomato, the plant starts coming up, but before you could eat that tomato, how many days or how long does it take before it's ripe enough to become mature where you can pick it and eat it? So when God saves us, he plants his seed in the heart. And now as we read God's word and grow, he matures us slowly and we start to get ripe. And we start to produce fruit. Like joy and peace and all the fruits of the spirit. But that takes time. And Christians are very impatient. I've been studying the Bible for two years. How come I'm living? Two years is nothing. Think about somebody that's been in the world for two years, a two-year-old. Jeremiah's going to be two. How much of an understanding does he have right now? Same thing for Christians, even five, six, seven, eight years. Still not that much to become ripe and produce a lot of fruit yet. It still takes time. So please, give yourself a break. Give God a break. Say, God, you know, all right, I know I'm in a hurry, Lord, but no... I'm going to wait on you and give other people a break too. Give them room to grow. As if you think that people that don't come to church and learn the word of God, we teach it here, they don't have any of this, even though they might be believers, they're very immature and they're very shakable and get moved very easy. We don't want to snuff them out. We want to build them up. They don't know what we know. It's up to us to help them. Thank you. Amen. You're getting it. You're getting it. All right. The next one. He's immutable. What's immutable? He's unchangeable. People change. God don't change. Okay? He doesn't change. All that God is, He has always been. Okay? All that he has been and is, he will ever be. He is ever perfect and unchanging. Psalm 102. Everybody with me so far here? Psalm 102 verse 25. Look at verse 25 of Psalm 102. Long ago, you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will change them like a garment and discard them. But you are always the same. You will live forever. Can I get an amen for that? 
the children of your people will live in security. Their children's children will thrive in your presence. That's a promise of God. You see it? You are always the same and you will live forever. The children of your people will live in security and their children's children will thrive in your presence. As believers in Jesus Christ, we're going to live forever. We are never going to die. We have eternal life. Okay, the next one, transcendent. What's transcendent? Transcendent means exceeding usual limits, surpassing, okay? Extending or lying beyond the limits of ordinary experiences, okay? God is supernatural. God is not simply the highest in an order of beings, okay? This would be to grant him eminence. He is transcendent, okay? Existing beyond and above the created universe. Go to Psalm 113. So again, this understanding of God. He is. Do you realize the God that created all this and spoke the world into existence? Is in each and every one of our lives. And he's holding us. In his care. And has nothing to do with us. It's what we believe. It's amazing when you think about. This infinite God. Just take a look outside. How, people try to. How can you explain everything when you go out there and look. The trees. The stars. The planet. Things they're discovering out there. We understand it all came from God. We don't even have to keep trying to think or figure it out. He's still creating stuff up there. We're just, it keeps going and going and going. Look what it says. This is awesome. Look at verse 4. Psalm 113, verse 4. For the Lord is high above the nations. His glory is higher than the heavens. Who can be compared with the Lord our God? Who is enthroned on high? He stoops to look down on heaven and earth. Imagine, he created all this. He, he existed before all of this. Okay? The next one. Be able to get a couple more in tonight. How's that? We're, getting, we're doing pretty good tonight. Just. He's just. God is righteous and holy, fair and equitable in all things, okay? We can trust him to always do what is right. Can I get an amen for that? People depend on people to do things that are right, right? If you think about it, all of us have this sin nature, right? When you depend on a person, it's like the blind leading the blind. Listen, only God is absolute perfect and right all the time. Can you actually say that you were perfect and right on everything you do and think? Then how could you think anybody else is? All right, look at Psalm 75. Psalm 75. Well, how do I know all these things? Well, we're in the Bible. You read the Bible and it tells us all his attributes. Now, this is awesome. I want you to understand some things here because a lot of us, look, I'm going I'm to expand on it as I read it, okay? 
Look at verse 1 of Psalm 75. We thank you, O God. We give thanks because you are near. So we always know that God is always near. Okay? People everywhere tell of your wonderful deeds. God says, at the time I have planned, I will bring justice against the wicked. Now, how many times do we say... How come these people seem like they're getting away with all this stuff? The Bible tells us clearly, at the time I have planned, I will bring justice against the wicked. Don't worry about it. Nobody gets away with anything. Okay? You think people are getting away with something? No, they all have to face God. And he says he knows the exact time. So don't you take vengeance on your own. Leave it in the Lord's hands and you'll have meant much peace. Say, you know what? Yeah, you, they think they're getting away with it, but God, God's going to take care of it. See, because that'll steal your peace and your joy when you think that they're getting away with something. Listen, nobody gets away with anything. All of us have to face God. And He knows the exact time. Do you believe that or don't you? See, it's either you believe it or you don't. If you believe that, you can say, you know what? I'm not going to fret on that. They didn't get away with anything. God said He's got the right time where He's going to bring justice against them. Now look what it says in verse 3. When the earth quakes and its people live in turmoil, I am the one who keeps its foundations firm. You see it? Interlude. For I warn the proud, stop your boasting. I told the wicked, don't raise your fists. Don't raise your fists in defiance at the heavens or speak with such arrogance. For no one on earth from east or west or even from the wilderness, should raise a defiant fist. It is God alone who judges. He decides who will rise and who will fall. All of us, we always think that we can figure... Listen, God's the one who puts them in. God's the one who takes them out. He's the one who makes the decisions. If you read the Word of God, He put the kings in place, He took the kings out... He put the people in. He took the people out. If you understand God's character, He's the one that's in control of all this. So you don't have to get all frazzled when things happen. Because if you understand, God's the one that did it. Yep. Nothing can happen unless it goes through the permissive hand of God. So once you understand that, there's no need to be fretting in anxiety or full of turmoil because God is in control. Well, we have to learn these things. How many of us still think that we have some kind of control over this stuff? None of us do. Okay? And I'll tell you what, I'm learning as I get older, the time is short. I'm not going to fret over things that I can't understand. Because I understand that God's in control. When you understand that God you worship is the one who's in control of it all, you can have peace in all the storms. Other than that, you're going to think, People, this, that, and you're going to depend on the world, and you're going to be frazzled like everybody else, and end up a mess. A mature Christian should be stable in all circumstances. And that's what we're growing in our understanding of God, so we can be. Instead of getting worried and fearful and upset all the time, amen? All right, that's going to be the last one. We're going to stop there tonight, okay? But thank you for letting me share that with you. We got some more as we tune in next week for some more of God's unbelievable character. Amen?
and we learn more about him so we don't have to get frazzled all the time. Okay? Brittany's going to come up and sing, and we're going to close. But I went by quick. We're on page seven. Yeah, what? Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. 